This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Now, we've been talking about the trajectory of faith. And the word trajectory means basically to shoot an object into the air. And it plots a course to a perfect target. And so we've ta- talked about the trajectory of faith. So we are, we are aiming at a perfect target. And just think about this, that the devil will do anything he can to get you off track, okay? He doesn't want you getting to that target. And so when we begin to get our faith out there, there's going to be some opposition at times. Don't let it move you. Don't let it get you off track. Hang in there with the things of God, okay? Ephesians 4, verse number 1. Therefore, since the promise, what translation says, since an assurance remains, the New Living says, therefore, since a promise still remains of entering his rest. Now, what he's talking about here, that this promise still remains, is way back in the Old Testament with the Israelites, when they were coming up out of Egypt God said, I'm going to lead you out of a land where you were slaves. And I'm going to give you rest. And when God talks about rest, I believe it's a rest that comes upon us both in our hearts, our minds, and our physical bodies. Now, some of you say, man, I'm in. That sounds great tonight. I mean, how many of you have gone to bed recently and, man, the whole night you, you played tug of war? You wrestled within your mind. Man, I've been there, and it's not pleasant. And sometimes your physical body's wore out. And then at times, like I said a minute ago, sometimes your heart, it's just got a, a funk in it that you say, man, I need something to happen. Well, when he says there's still a rest remains, that's even now. And I know when we get to heaven, whoo, it's going to be a great rest there. But he's saying this promise still remains for us while we're here on earth. So he says, Let us fear or let us tremble before God, least any of you seem to have come short of it. Now, there's a warning here to me that he says, even though this promise may remain, I can still fall short of it. You know what that means? I don't experience it. I don't get the blessing of it. Verse 2. For indeed the gospel, and when you see the word gospel there, the gospel is referencing the word of God or the good news. So he says, for indeed the gospel or the word was preached to us as Christians, me and you right now, as well as to them. Moses and the Israelites was them, and they're the example here. But the word which they heard, Moses and the Israelites, it did not profit them. So now get this. They heard the word, they heard the promise, they heard the gospel. But it said it didn't profit them. Why? Now pay close attention. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now you got to get that right there. See, it's one thing for me to hear the God or hear the word of God, but then it's another thing for me to mix it with faith. So what would it be to mix it with faith? It would be that I hear the word of God, 
and I believe the Word of God. We're no different. And so one of the ways I believe this helps us is when we begin to understand faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if you get to a place in your life where you don't have any faith, you know what you need to do? You need to get back in the Word. I've been there numerous times in my life. And so the Word will not profit me and you unless we mix it with faith. i got to get over there and say, okay, Lord, help me. Help me in this area. Keep reading here, verse 3. For we who have believed, we who have trusted God, do enter that rest as he said. So you know what he's saying? You get over in faith and you start believing the word of God, you'll enter that rest. The mere hearing of the gospel is not enough. It must also be believed. And right here, he's saying the believing ones are the ones who enter the rest. The unbelieving ones, like the Israelites, they fail to. Now listen real close to this statement here. The difficulties of your present moment do not overshadow God's promises. Just because I'm facing some difficulties, it doesn't change the Word of God. The Word of God will not change. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 6, just a couple pages here. Hebrews 6. So again, the key is faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Keep hearing the Word of God. Keep getting in the Word of God over and over and over again. And, and like I said, I've been here, guys. I've been here numerous times in my life where I've said, I don't have faith right now to believe the Word of God. I recognize that in my life. Understand when we say that or we can admit that about ourselves, that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. That doesn't mean I'm a failure. Do you know in, in um, Luke 17, even the disciples, they struggled with faith. You know what they said to Jesus? They said, Lord, increase our faith. And so again, in their life, there were times they said, man, we got to have more faith. we got to have more faith. And so I highlight that again. How do I get more faith? It's the breakfast of champions. Not Wheaties. The Word of God. i got to keep getting in the Word of God, and I keep getting into the Word of God. That's why it's important that we literally live out Joshua 1.8. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You'll meditate it or you'll recite it day and night that you may observe to do it. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. So he's saying, the only way the word of God sticks is repetition. I keep reading and I keep speaking. And then the things of God begin to... There's times in my life where I hadn't had faith and I'll get in the word and I'll get in the word. I'll get in the word and I'll keep getting the word. And before long, I can literally tell things have shifted in my heart. You know, one of the best locators of that, and this is what I'll talk about in two weeks... The greatest locator to know what's in your heart is the words out of your mouth. Where's that biblically? That's Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to locate where your face at? Just listen to what you're saying. And many times that will give it off real quick. 
Hebrews 6, verse 9. But beloved, me and you, that's us, we are confident of better things concerning you, concerning me. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Now, you know what he's telling me? When we get born again, there are certain blessings that accompany salvation. Oftentimes, we don't know what our inheritance is. We don't know what those better things are that accompany salvation. So if I don't know what my inheritance is, it's very hard for me to receive it. So the way I begin to understand what my inheritance is, I study the Bible. And I find out what the Word of God said. For an illustration, Psalms 107, he said, I sent my Word and I healed you of your diseases. Now right there tells me there's an inheritance. I sent my word and I healed you of your diseases. So by that scripture alone, I can stand on the word of God right there. He goes on to say, verse 10. For God is not unjust. In other words, God won't change what he said. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Now he uses the word diligence and you know what he's saying until the end? He said, stick with it. Stick with it. Keep going over and over and over. Stay with it. It's kind of like a runner and the Bible used this in, in many, in many uh, verses that our life is like a race. He's saying stick with it. Be diligent. Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, that you do not become la uh, lazy. I like one translation that says that you do not become spiritually dull. Now watch this, but imitate. The word imitate means to follow the example. We've got men and women all through the Bible that we can imitate. We go back and we study their lives and we say, okay, if I'll do the things that David did pertaining to the kingdom of God, I'll walk in the same fruit that he did. So he said, imitate those through faith and patience. Through faith, believing the word of God and hearing the word of God and patience. Now that word patience means endurance and long-suffering. Listen to this definition of patience. Being constant or the same way at all times. Even when the storms of life come after me. See, the storms don't change the word of God. But you know what the storms of life try to make happen? They try to wreck your faith. They try to get you off your trajectory. That goal, that, that area that you're aimed at. And so understand that. When the storms of life come in, they're going to try to rock you to say, if I can just get them off, just a little bit. So he said, through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Now that tells me right there, if I'll begin to believe God and I'll understand what the promises of God right here, this is what's going to come, uh, come my way. Remember, he said there are certain promises that accompany salvation. So I like to liken the word of God to a book of treasure. It's, it's hidden treasure. The way you hit, find hidden treasure is you dig. 
you start getting in the Word of God and you begin to read and you say, wow, right there's for me. And there's times in my life, and I'm going to tell you, this will help you. Write it on three by five cards. Mark it, mark it, mark it up in your Bible. And they begin to speak that. You speak that over your life. You speak that word over your circumstances. You speak that over your children. Hebrews 1, go there. I want to hit you with another one just right here this evening in Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews 1 verse 1. God, who at various times in various ways, he spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Now what this is referencing to the prophets, it's in the Old Testament. And God spoke in the Old Testament through the prophets. The Spirit of God would come on them, and that's how he chose to do it. Verse 2. And he has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. So it's very powerful, I believe, for every one of us to hold fast to what he's spoken through his Son. How do I know when Jesus has spoken? In the New Testament, it'll always be in red-letter words. When you find red-letter words, pay close attention. These were the words of Jesus. So he said right there, I've spoken to you through my Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Now understand this about Jesus. Jesus was the fulfiller of everything. He covered everything. There was not one thing that Jesus left undone. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. Now, this statement right here, it really got my attention because it said, he upholds all things by the word of his power. He didn't say the power of his word. He said the word of his power. So you know what he just did? He just clued me and you. The word of God is full of power. And the way the word of God has that power that takes off is I hear it. I believe it. And then I begin to speak it. When you study the Bible, there's two ways that it talks about the Word of God. One is called the Logos, the written Word of God. When I read the Bible, that's the written Word of God. But the word rhema means the spoken word. Something starts happening when I begin to speak the word out of my mouth. I begin to ignite a a passion and a power on the inside of me. So what he's telling me right there is if... The word has power, which it does. Then I got to start coming in agreement with the word of God. Again, how do I do that? I find out what it says and then I begin to speak the word. I speak the word and I speak the word. Biblically, that's Matthew 11 or Mark eleven twenty three. He said, whosoever will say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt what he says, he will have whatever he says. And so the best thing I begin to do is I begin to get a hold of the word of God. Remember, the word of God doesn't change. And I begin to speak the word of God. Now, keep this thought in mind, the word of his power. Go with me to the book of Mark, chapter number 4. And I want you to see this tonight. Mark, chapter 4. 
go, to, go to Luke. Go to Luke first. I'm skipping something here that I believe I really need to hit before I jump there. And I'll try to get to Mark, Mark 4. That's where I'll go next. I, I want you to see this passage. I, I believe this will show you firsthand of the power that's in the Word of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, and what this is talking about here, the sixth month, is there was a woman named Elizabeth, and her and her husband, Zacharias, were pregnant with a a baby that would be named John the Baptist. This is what this is talking about. The angel of Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, when you read right there, this angel Gabriel was sent there. I believe God still sends angels. And one of the biblical definitions is uh, Hebrews 1.14. It says that he's given his ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. That's me and you. The ministering spirits that he's talking they're angels. I still believe in angels, guys. I mean, it is a powerful thing, okay? I'm just throwing that in there to show you biblically. Biblically, So, Gabriel shows up to a virgin, betrothed. The word betrothed there means she was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, all this is prophesied in the Old Testament. That the lineage of the Lord Jesus would come through the house of King David. It said this guy named Joseph was of that house. So we keep reading. And having come in, the angel said to her, Pastor, do you believe angels still do these things? I do. The biblical reference on this is Hebrews 13 too. It says, many of you have entertained angels and you aren't aware of it. I wonder how many times in our life we've entertained angels and we weren't even aware there was an angel. How, how many of you think you've ever had that happen? I've, I've had it happen. I can tell you, I've had it happen. It, it, it was... It, it was a mind-blowing experience, but I had it happen. It was, it was great. Uh, I don't have time to tell you, but it was at a golf course at all places. That's the will of God. I'm telling you right there. Okay. This is a side note. And so having come in, the angel said to her, Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among the women. Now, many of you have heard me quote this many times. Psalm 512, God blesses his righteous and his favor surrounds him like a shield. That's exactly what this verse says right here. But God isn't a respecter of person. He wants to bless all his kids. He wants to favor all of us. But when, he saw, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greediness was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room, bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I don't know a man? Now understand when she said, How can this be? I don't know a man. She wasn't questioning if it was real. She was just saying, How can this be, Mr. Angel? I'm not married. I don't have a husband. Now watch closely these next few verses, how he gets over into faith. Watch this. And the angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. She was old. She was old. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now what he's telling her, listen, there's going to be times that the things of God may not make sense in the natural. Remember last week to uh, Thomas in John chapter 20, when the Lord said to him, because Thomas said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and I thrust my hand to his side, I won't believe. And Jesus showed up and said, hey, Tom, check this out. And remember what he said to Thomas? He said, listen, dude, don't be unbelieving, be believing. So again, is it make sense when Jesus walks on the water? That doesn't make any sense in the natural. But with God, all things are possible. So he's, he's encouraging her faith. He's saying, just listen. Just pay attention. Just grab a hold of what I've said to this angel. Keep reading. Where am I at? Verse 38. Ah. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Now listen, listen. Let it be to me according to your word. Remember the word of his power. Let it be according to your word. So you know what she's saying? Just as the word said it, I'm going to believe it. So be it. I'm going to live that way because for no other reason than the word of God said. Now, this is the same woman in John 2 at the, at the wedding feast in, in Canaan where he looked or she looked at all the servants and she said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. What happens when we get over on our life and say, because you said it, Father God, because it's in your word, I'm going to believe it. And whatever Jesus says to me, I'm going to do it. See, Nike stole that years ago. Just do it. Jesus said that stuff. Jesus said, and so for me and you, I got to get a hold of this. Whatever he says, I'm going to do it. So guess what he's telling me and you? Get a hold of the word of God. Get a hold of what Jesus says. And no matter how difficult it looks, hold on to the word of God. Can you imagine Mary that night thinking, man, this doesn't make sense. A woman doesn't have a baby without a husband, but yet because you said it, because it's in your word, so be it. So be it. Man, it located her faith real fast. Now, I got just a little time here. I want you to see the significance of the word of God. Turn to Mark 4. Mark chapter 4. And in this passage here, the Lord's going to identify four different types of people. You'll see all four of them here. I believe with all my heart as believers, born-again Christians, right now, tonight, you're in one of these four categories, okay? Okay? This is not to slap anybody. This is just to identify and say, okay, this is where I'm at. And ultimately, this is where I should be. Verse 13. And he said to them, 
Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, you know what Jesus is telling me and you right here? And Jesus spoke numerous parables. I think he spoke 38 different parables while he was here on the earth. Do you know what he just said? He said, this one right here is the granddaddy of them all. If you don't get this one, forget the rest of them. This was Jesus. So again, these are red letter words. This is a must right here. We've got to get a hold of this. Verse uh, 14. The sower sows the word of God. The sower plants the word of God. How does that happen with me and you? I got to get the word of God in the soil of my heart. So again, in order to understand this parable, it centers around the word of God. I got to get the word of God in me. Verse 15. And these are the ones sown by the wayside. Where the word is sown. When they hear... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Wow. You want to see something powerful right here? The devil knows the significance of the word of God. It said, when we hear the word of God, one of the first things he does, he tries to come And he tries to steal the word of God from every one of us. Why does he do that? Because again, he knows the significance. Without the word of God, there's no faith. And according to Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So he knows without the word, you're no threat. I'm no threat. That's the first one. He comes immediately to steal the word. Verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness. Woo, that was good. Golly, that's in the Bible. That's good news. And they have no root in themselves. They don't stay with it through faith and patience, through enduring. And so they endure for only a time. Now watch this. Afterward, when, not if, but when tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So category two, what happens here is again, they hear the word. And the devil realized, uh uh-oh, these guys got it. I couldn't steal it from them. They've got enough of the word in them. So you know what he does? He says, let's kick up a little dust in their face. Let's put some tribulation and persecution on them. And what did he say the tribulation and persecution was a result of? The word of God. So he's teaching me and you right now that there's going to be storms that are going to try to come for the sake of the word of God. And what was it for? To get the word out of your life again. Category two. Category three. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. So again, pay close attention here. He's, he's teaching me and you. We hear the word. He, didn't, he, he, he wasn't able to steal it. He couldn't get you with tribulation and persecution. So you know what he does? He says, I'm going to make them really busy. I'm going to get them so busy with the cares of this world. 
Oh my gosh, we got soccer practice. We got dental appointments. It rained on Wednesday night. We can't go to church. God forbid we get out in the rain. We may wet, we may melt. So he says, the cares of the world. Now watch what he says next. And the deceitfulness of riches. So you know what he goes after then next? If he can't get us with being too busy, he says, you know what? I'm going to get him with riches. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. And what ultimately begins to happen, we work more than we need to. Why? For riches. Now, every bit of this is designed to squeeze out the word in your life. Think about life this way. It's a pie. There's eight slices, unless you're really hungry, and there's four slices. However you want to divide the pie up. See, every one of those pies, there's only so many slices in it. And so the devil says, if I can get him with this slice and this slice and this slice and this slice, then ultimately, they have no word in them. Now watch the next one. The cares of this world, the deceitful witness, the desire for other things, things, things. What's so bad about things? Nothing's bad about things. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So he's not against the things. He's just against the things when they're out of order. He tries to beam things in. And they enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. These categories have happened to every one of us. Again, you may be in one right now where you look and say, I don't have any word in me. I don't have any of the word of God in me. Not too late to get it. Now watch the last one. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, they accept it. The word accept there means they receive it. I believe personally these are the ones that hear the word, accept it, receive it, and they begin to mix it with faith. And they said, if God said it, then so be it. And they bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. And so you begin to see here why the word of God is so powerful. It's so powerful the devil doesn't want you getting it. But it's the difference in my life and your life of bearing fruit. Just a couple thoughts before we go home here. The word will locate you. And that's a good thing. Again, none of this is to beat any of us up. We're all on the same team. So many times the devil tries to get us where we think we're against. We're not against each other. That's the worst thing we can do. But again, the word of God will reveal where I'm at. And so as I look at these four categories, where are you at today? Do you look and say, man, Pastor, I don't have any word in me. I know. Or has the tribulations and the persecutions because of the word, has it taken the word out of your life and just squeezed it out of it? And again, I believe in our society. Man, the cares of this world, the deceitful riches, the things of this world, they are such a deceptive pull on every one of us. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.